Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the Word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a ministry of Bible to School. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 113. I am thrilled to welcome Christine Vallis back to our show, who joined us here last month and gave an overview of her chalkboard teachings and the great significance of understanding God's calendar, the Hebrew calendar. In this episode, you're going to leave with a whole new perspective on Noah's Ark, which is coming up on our own Gregorian calendar this October, 2023. The parallels we talk about and how they all point to Jesus are amazing. And teaching our children how this speaks into their lives today, it will draw them into a deeper relationship with their loving Savior. And that's really what this is all about. Before leaving today, you'll want to grab the show notes from this episode to find the resources we talk about, which includes Christine's website and chalkboard teachings, as well as her previous interview with us from September. If you love listening to this podcast, please take a moment to give us a genuine rating and review. I know who has the time, right? But seriously, you just scroll down to the end of the show on your podcast app, and then where you see the stars, tap to rate and then click on write a review. Thank you so much for partnering with us as we spread the gospel of Jesus to families across this nation. Are you ready to learn the timeline of Noah's Ark and how that speaks to us about resting in Jesus today? Grab a pen and paper to jot down your findings and join my conversation with Christine now. Well, Christine, welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I am so excited to continue our conversation from last month. Me too. Thank you again for having me. What a blessing. Yep, absolutely. So to our listeners, Christine has devoted much of her life these last several years to uncovering the Lord's calendar in real time by digging into the Hebrew calendar and all that it has to reveal to us about Jesus and our lives today. So you can learn more about these details. Would love for you to go back and listen to episode 108 entitled Discovering the Lord's Calendar in Real Time, which I'll also link in our show notes today. So Christine, for those who are listening and are not familiar with your work or what your chalkboard teaching is, would you mind giving a general summary for us? Oh yeah, absolutely. I guess it's about 10 years or so now that the Lord started revealing to me about his prophetic calendar. And so when I was discovering all the different names of the months and all the different things that were connected to each month, I started writing them down on a chalkboard in my kitchen just so I could kind of learn what month it was on God's calendar. And, um, you know, as the month would pass, I would erase it and then do the next month and go around and around again. I did that for several years. And then the Lord prompted me to really teach what he was teaching me, pass along the knowledge. So, um, so that's what it's all about. So I do these chalkboard teachings and have a calendar and journal so you can kind of track along with the Lord in your own personal life. So, yeah. It's so cool. And it's been a blessing to my life once I discovered it. And at the You Can Tell the Children podcast, our passion is to equip adults with simple, fun, hope-filled ways to share God's word with the kids in their lives. And Christine's way of doing this is so unique and special, which is why I'm so eager to have her share it with you. So Christine, you're going to help us unpack 
the significance of the spiritual month of Heshvan on the Hebrew calendar. And so we're excited for that today. And I'd love for you to just say hi to our listeners and tell them why. Why are we covering Heshvan today? Yes. Well, happy Heshvan. Um, <laughs> we are talking about it today because we are in the month of Heshvan, right? And um, anytime I start talking to somebody about God's calendar, they start saying, well, where are we now? I want to, what's going on now? You know? So right now, um, this program is airing on the 17th of October. If we correspond that with God's calendar, we are right at the top of the month of Heshvan. We are in day two. So Hejvan actually started Sunday night, October 15th, and it will run all the way till um, November 3rd. So then what exactly does Hejvan mean? Okay, yeah. So all these months have different names. And so some of them, you you know, you can really uh, look up what the word means. And so Hejvan is the Babylonian name that was given for this month, actually, when they were in Babylon as captives. And that name means eight. So this is the eighth month on God's calendar, and eight is the number of new beginnings. And so as we get into this month, we're going to see that, yeah, it definitely is a month of new beginnings in biblical history, and even in real time in our lives. And in Hebrew, this month of Hezvan is called B-U-L, bull, and that means produce, as in the sense of rain. And so this is a rainy the rainy season has is coming in. Hurricane season is upon us, right? So, you know, everything lines up. Wow. Wow, that's really cool. So you kind of just explained what season Heshvan is in. Rainy yeah, season, yeah. fall, yeah, right? That's right, the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. And so what are some of the themes that are uncovered in this month? Yeah, so if you were to break out the chalkboard of this month and you would see a giant rainbow and you would see an ark or a boat, I should say, a ship. It's the month of Noah's Ark. And uh, I know we talked about this in our previous podcast. A lot of us, I mean, almost every person knows about Noah's Ark, even if they're not even a Christian or haven't even read the Bible. People know about Noah's Ark, but not many people, including myself, a couple you know, years back, I had no idea when it actually happened. I knew the story to some degree, you know, but as we read in Genesis, it really calls out all the significant dates. So this is a month of Noah's Ark and the flood. Therefore, it is a month of new beginnings. You know, this was a new beginning for the world and for salvation to come through Messiah. You know, it's connected with the, it's called the month of Messiah, actually. It's just full of really, as all the months are, pointing to Jesus and his love for us. But one of the big things is Noah's Ark and the flood and new beginnings. That's so cool. So tell us a little bit about the appointed times. First of all, what are they? And then what makes this month specifically a bit different than the rest of them? Yeah. So when you're studying God's calendar and you're looking and you're going through, you know, most of the months have like a a big feast. Like we just came out of the month of Tishri and there were many feasts and fasts. You know, there was the Feast of Tabernacles, you know, the Feast of Yom Kippur, the Feast of Trumpets. And And then you have so many feasts in all of these months on God's calendar. And then you come to the month of Hezvan and there's nothing, you know? So that's why even the Jewish people believe that this month is reserved for Messiah because there's no appointed time. There's no feast. There's, it's really a quiet, like there's nothing really on the calendar. So it must be reserved for Messiah. 
So yeah, they're all reserved for Messiah, right? So we know as believers that Messiah has already come. But this, who knows? When you know, we don't know the day or the hour he's going to come back. But he could come back in, in the month of Heshvan. But we just have to be ready. And he, he's in and out of season, right? Yes, that's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. So cool. Well, the yeah. reason the reason I chose this spiritual month for our conversation today is because last school year when I was helping with third grade Bible to school, I was preparing to teach the kids about Noah's Ark in October. Well, don't you know, this was the exact time you released your chalkboard teaching on the month of Heshvan. And we talked about that a little bit in our conversation last month. But what's really cool that we didn't talk about, and I'm excited to get into today more, is these three noteworthy dates relating to the Ark itself. And so would you first tell us what dates Heshvan lines up with on our Gregorian calendar? Actually, you may have already done that, but can you remind me? I can tell you again. Yes. So this year in um, 2023, the month of Heshvan, which is this month of Noah's Ark and new beginnings, it started Sunday night, October 15th, because the day starts at night. That's when it started. It started Sunday night, and it's going to run all the way through Monday night, November 13th. Okay. So would you tell us then, starting with Heshvan 10, those noteworthy events that we can kind of draw into our understanding of Noah's Ark? Yeah. So, you know, when you when you read, and I encourage you to read about the flood this month, you know, just like we read about Jesus, you know, in Christmas time, and we study about the pilgrims at Thanksgiving, you know, why not study about the flood during the flood, you know, when it happened and, and ask the Lord to give you fresh revelation. So as you read through there, it's going to start pulling out some dates. I mean, it just clearly is there. It says on the um, 10th day of the month, is when Noah and his family entered the ark. So that this year is going to be Wednesday, October 25th. That number 10 is a day of entry. It's in in scripture we find many many days as the 10th day of the month as a day of entry. Jesus entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. It was a day of entry. They they brought in the lambs on that first Passover into the house on the on the 10th day of the month, a day of entry. Joshua entered into the promised land on the 10th day of the month, another day of entry. So here again, the 10th day of the month, a day of entry, Noah and his family entered into the ark. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start paying attention to the 10th days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the number 10 in Hebrew is the hand of God with his blessing on your head. You know, when when you when a, a priest or or a pastor, or somebody puts their hand on your head to bless you, that's, that's the number 10. It's the hand of God of blessing to empower you. Wow. That's so great to know that. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, this was just amazing timing, because what a perfect way, right, to to know these, um, the day of entry, and some mm-hmm. other things related to the ark, to make mm-hmm. the Bible story come alive for the kids in my group. You know, at Bible to school, I'm a small group leader. So I can have anywhere from three to, you know, eight kids in my group, maybe 10. And we split up after hearing the large group lesson. And we talk about how do we apply this to our lives, you know, and what does that look like? And, and so how cool to be able to come to them and say at this time of the month, over about, you know, more than 5,000 years ago, Noah Mm -hmm. entered those huge ark doors and the flood began. And, you know, and then the other dates will tell us Noah left the ark and, I don't know. It's just so cool, especially knowing the names of the month and their literal meanings, like new beginnings. I mean, yeah. kids can relate with that stuff. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And, you know, like that day of entry, of course, they entered 
you know, it's a call in real time to us to enter into the ark. The ark is really a picture of Jesus into safety from the chaos of this world. You know, it may not be literally flooding around us, but we are flooded with so much noise and distraction. And the Lord wants us to enter into his rest and safety and quiet, you know. And, you know, something I like, again, when you read through that story of the account of the flood, it was a week that they were in the ark before the flood began, because that's the next date that we're going to talk about, I guess, right? Okay. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the 10th day they entered in, 17th is when the flood began. Real quick, if I were to think about the story of Noah's ark, I would just think they entered in and the flood began. No, it didn't happen. They got in there and for a week they were like preparing or whatever they were doing, right? But they were in there and then, and then the flood began. So that's really interesting, right? Seven days. Can you imagine the people (laughs) who already think Noah's a few fries short of a happy meal for building this massive ark? Happy that that he's probably paying them to commission to do this work with him (laughs) or whatever. But like here he gets in, the animals are in and there's no, what do you call it? Rain? (laughs) You know? Right. It's like the guy's a fool. Mm -hmm. And do you, I wonder, you, you have to put yourself in their shoes like, were they doubting in the seven days in that period of, of the in-between? Well, it's almost like us. We believe in Jesus and we might tell that, you know, Jesus is coming back and people say, yeah, right. Sure. You know, you're weird, you know, and time passes and nothing happens, but there'll be a day when he comes. Right. And that time is the mercy of God. Right. The time is the mercy of God, the, the kindness of God. Yeah, absolutely. He wants no one to perish. So let's bring right. them all on board on that ship. Amen. Let's get them. <laughs> So, okay, so go ahead. There's a third date then, right? Oh, yes. There's a third date. It is the 27th of the month. And this is when they exited the ark. Now, again, if you had asked me just a quick reading, a quick knowledge of the story, I thought, oh yeah, it rained for 40 days. They were in, in there for 40 days and then they were out. But no, that's not true. You read through and they, he entered in on the 10th of Hezvan. The flood began on the 17th, and they didn't get out of that ark until the 27th of Hezbon a year later. So they were in there a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so significant. I didn't know yeah, till yeah. I was in my 30s. I did not know that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I just discovered this a couple of years ago. You know, It's so cool to be able to talk about this stuff, you know, and that's what I want to be able to take, teach my kids, to teach other kids, neighborhood yeah. kids, is that like, we can talk about the things we don't really understand and we can imagine and and we can mm-hmm. talk about God's character and what may have happened, right, even right. though we don't know all the answers. Yeah. He's given us these creative minds to think like, okay, well, what would it have been in those more than 40 days in the ark that we now mm-hmm. researched and learned about, you know, but just so powerful to be able to share specifically, like you said, about Jesus's resurrection happening Mm -hmm. on the same day as the day that the ark finally came to rest on top of the mountain. I mean, that's powerful. (laughs) Yes. I mean, right there through the account of the flood, there's many dates that are called out. And so, yes, one of them, it calls out a specific date and the ark rested. And it was the same exact day as when Jesus rose many, many years later, right? And, and that date, I just want to get that date right. The 17th, the 17th. It's the very same day. So basically the Lord is just, again, it just all points to Jesus. If we, Noah's name means rest. The ark rested. 
What happened? Jesus rose on the day the ark rested. It all points to Jesus. Where do we find our rest? We find it in him. How? Why? Because he died for us. He made the way to the Father. So that's where we find our rest. There's so many parallels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love too about your teachings. You mentioned so many scriptures. You tie them all in mm-hmm. um, to what you're talking about and showing on your chalkboard. And it gives us just this fuller understanding of what's going on in the story and the characters. And this is so helpful, yeah, especially yeah. for kids to get the whole story. So can you just tell us what you know about Noah that makes him such a stand-up guy, according to scriptures? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Noah, like I said, his name means rest. Scripture calls out that he was a preacher of righteousness and he walked with God and he believed God, you know? So if he was a preacher of righteousness, you know, what made him righteous back before Jesus died? What made Abraham righteous? It's they believed God. And really what makes us righteous? We believe God too. We believe Jesus. So our part is believing him. And so, yes, Noah, I think in our minds and maybe through all these Hollywood movies that have not portrayed Noah as really who he is, he was really a, as the word said, a preacher of righteousness who didn't care what anybody thought. You know, it had never rained on the earth before. Yet when God told him to do something, he believed God. He believed God and he did it. And because he trusted the Lord, he knew that the Lord loved him. Do we want to be like Noah? Yeah, we should want to be like Noah. (laughs) So I hear you saying like he believed and that was credited to Mm -hmm. him as righteousness. We know scripture says that, but practically speaking, how do we follow Noah's example? How would you say? Yeah, well, again, it was, you know, it talks about how Noah was a friend of God. He walked with God. That's it. We walk with God. We talk with God. He walks with us. He talks with us. He tells us we are his own, right? That's really it. I mean, it's just relationship. And in that, the Lord will will show you how much he loves you, you know? And the more we know we are loved by God, the more we'll trust him. It's a relationship. Everything comes out of there. He may give you assignments, but it's not apart from him. It's not apart from relationship. It's out of relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. How can God stay perfect? One of the things we love to do at Bible to School is explore and learn more about who God is. When we talk about how God is holy and perfect, kids are rightfully amazed. After all, we know how easy it is not to be perfect. We may need to conclude that how God is perfect is a mystery to us. But the fact that he is perfect ensures that we can hope and trust and find comfort in his promises. So let's talk about some other fun facts we can teach our kids about this story, just because we're going to be talking a lot about Noah's Ark this month. And I would love, even for my Bible to school teachers who listen to this, they can bring some of this to their conversations and it'll be so fun. Um, What does Ark mean in Hebrew? Yeah, this was fun. Okay, so... The word ark is that same word that the Lord used to describe when Moses was a baby and he was put in the basket. So it's not the ark of the covenant, because I used to think of it as the ark of the covenant. No, it's the same little, same word for the basket. And that word is tabah, T-A-B-A-H. And in Hebrew, it's only made of three letters. And those three letters, actually, um, when you look, every letter has a picture. And it really shows us that this word taba, which means ark, is a house sealed by the Spirit of God. And 
that is so cool because when we are in him, that's what we are. We are this, you know, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? We are him. We are sealed in him by the Holy Spirit. The ark was made of that gopher wood and pitch. In the spirit, it represents our humanity, the wood. And again, sealed, which is a picture of the atonement and the perfect blood of Jesus. So it's just so cool. Again, everything points to Jesus. The more you dig, the more it's going to, the more you'll find. And the more it's just like, Jesus, just ask the Holy Spirit, show me Jesus here. Will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just love that too. Cause um, in Bible to school, we do the story in second grade. It's all the old Testament stories. And so we, we do baby Moses and we actually have a baby doll in a basket and we explain what pitch is actually pitch and tar. Yeah. And so how cool now to be able to say, do you know that ark in Hebrew is taba? And then to be able to say what you just said, being sealed, we are sealed with the spirit of God. When we ask Jesus into our hearts, just like baby Moses was in a safe place going down the river in that sealed by pitch basket that you can see with your own eyes. And just those parallels are, they don't stop, do they? (laughs) Amen. That's so awesome. Yeah. And we are protected. Amen. It's like Moses and Noah. So, okay. What else? What are some things in the Bible that show us the flood was worldwide? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there's, you know, I hear people, some people talk about it, that it was kind of a local flood, but just the way all the animals came, you know, from all areas. And, and even if you look in different cultures of history, you know, like China and India, almost every ancient history speaks about a flood. So it wasn't just in Israel area, you know, it wasn't in the Middle East only. It was a worldwide flood. I mean, there almost every culture in their ancient history speaks of that. Yeah. And what yeah. did you discover about hibernation exactly through this yeah. commentary? Yeah. Well, when I was starting to think about that, you know, it's like, wait, so what were the animals doing for a year? Like, how did they, you know, how did they take care of feed? And like, you know, you have animals here. You're taking care of animals for a year in a boat. What? You know, actually through that book, that's what Henry Mars was talking about, that he believes that they they hibernated as well. And animals hibernate. I mean, they do. It's not like we're making that up. Right, right. And who knows if they were the whole time, part of the time, none of the time, we don't know. But it's really fun to talk about that. And you know, everything God does, it makes sense, you know, just like his times, his appointed times, it all really does. Amen. And he does everything in love too, because when you don't know answers to some things, like were they awake the whole time? It's like, you have to go back to the nature of God. Mm. God is love. He's not going to throw a family in there and then give them like a crazy ride, you know, like a, like a roller coaster ride for a year and just with no seatbelt on. I mean, no. You go back to the nature of God, go back to the nature of God. And you find that out in the word of God and through your own relationship with him, that he is love. Mm-hmm. So what was the first thing Noah did? You talk about this in your chalkboard mm-hmm. teaching. When he left the ark, this is not something I picked up on uh, the first oh, yeah. 20 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't pick on pick up on it either, you know, only through my study time, really. But you know, you think about all right, God told him to make the ark, do this, and he did everything. But the first thing he gets out, and you think if you were like in an ark all that time, or when you if you've ever moved somewhere, you know, and you come to a new land, you look for a house. You know, it's like, all right, where am I gonna live? I got a bill, I gotta get a job. And the first thing that he did was he built an altar to the Lord. So I love that. I love that that he just devoted this new beginning 
this new land, this new start to the Lord. And it wasn't like, and, and God didn't have to tell him to do it. You know, he just did it out of his own initiative. Wow. You know, and I, again, I'm left to imagination. Like, was his whole family there? Did they then like have a little campfire sing? Like, were they, (laughs) you know, um, that's really cool. And I'm just wondering, you know, how can we, we and our kids and the people around us, how could we be a pleasing offering to God, just like Noah's offering? Can you draw a parallel for us there? Yeah, you know, um, it says that right in scripture that he offered that offering to the Lord and it was a a pleasing sacrifice. And, And I think, you know, basically we are a pleasing aroma to the Lord when we trust him. When we put him first, when when God looks at us, he sees Jesus, right? Is Jesus a fragrant offering to the Lord? Yes. So if he is, as he is, so we are in this world, right? So the Lord looks at us as he sees Jesus. So we are a fragrant offering to him. You know, we we are more of a fragrant offering to the Lord than we think, you know? So we just have to line up and believe that we are and trust him. And so the Lord loves us so much. Yeah. I always think of that verse that says, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And, and, Mm. and wow, like that always hits me because it's actually so hard, but yet so simple. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay. So that means I need faith. Okay. So where do I get faith? And that scripture that I love, it's my, one of my favorites, Galatians 5, 6, faith works by love. So you get faith when you know God loves you. Our faith, our trust in God is generated and is fueled by us knowing God loves us. And then we will have faith and that pleases God. And it's his love that draws us to everything, draws us to repentance, draws us to change, draws us to be a testimony with our life, to surrender all. I mean, if you don't know you're loved, you need to start a study on how much God loves you. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I know. It's the number one thing I learned in Bible college after three or four years of being in Bible college. That is the number one thing I walked away with is knowing that God loves me and to ask him to show me how much he loves me every day. Yes. And you say that in the chalkboard Uh teachings, give give us a fresh revelation of your love. Yeah. That's why you do that. He wants to. Yeah, he wants to. It's become real to me. And it's that we may become rooted and established. Ephesians says that we may know the depth, the width, the height, the breadth. In this month, you know, it's about being established. When the world is, is crazy around us, things are flooding, things are people are going nuts. We can be rooted and established in the ark of Jesus, but that root is knowing you are loved, rooted and grounded, not in the doing, not in how many things we do for God, rooted and grounded in the love of God for us. That roots us. Yeah. And that brings us back to the promise in this story. What is Mm -hmm. God's, tell us, what is God's promise to us in this story? Yeah. Yeah. So remember they came out and And it was like, whoa, you know, and even when you read that story, you know, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, could we have a flood? I'm like, what? The whole world could be flooded. But God clearly says in scripture there that he will never destroy the earth. And there's another scripture that says it's, you know, a worldwide flood because it says, I will never destroy the earth again. So that means he destroyed the old. And then he, he gave that sign of the rainbow that he would never destroy the earth again by water as he did. So, you know, the reason for the flood, why did that all happen anyway, was that he could preserve the seed of Messiah. And I get into that in the chalkboard teaching. 
And so basically all this, all, you know, he said, oh my gosh, how could God bring a flood? It was out of love and mercy, you know, otherwise Messiah's seed would, would have been cut off if God didn't intervene. Yeah. Wow. Praise yeah. the Lord for his intervention for sure. So what is this rainbow like in your teachings? You, you talk a little bit yeah. about that. It's really cool. Yeah. So, you know, you see the rainbow, even on the chalkboard, I have it there. And um, when you see rainbows in scripture, you know, it's rainbow around the throne of God, right? In Revelation and other um, prophets, books of the prophets, it talks about that. But um, one thing that I wanted to mention about the rainbow too, is that nowadays in culture, when people see a rainbow, they don't really think of Noah's Ark anymore. Unfortunately, you know, it's connected to the gay lifestyle and the LGBTQ. So, um, and it's like, ah, you know, it's like, especially here on this program where we're talking about children and teaching our children, like growing up, I loved rainbows and I know kids do. I had rainbow suspenders, I had a rainbow sweatshirt, you know, I had so many things rainbow, you know, even scarves, everything, you know. So I love rainbows. And I think that again, the enemy wants to take the things that are the Lord and then pervert them and put a counterfeit out there. And so now a lot of times you'll see a rainbow and you'll go, oh, you know, or a lot of Christians, oh, I can't wear that shirt. Or, you know. And so I think that we have as Christians, you know, we are called to speak the truth in love and, you know, to really, I'm going to say, take back the rainbow, but point people to the original, what is, what is this rainbow all about? You know, and not, and I say, be under a different rainbow or, or go back to its original purpose. That is the love of God for us, for all people, that the Lord loves all people and it's truth and love, you know, even myself, like if I'm going to wear a rainbow, which I have a sweatshirt with a little rainbow on it. And sometimes I hesitate to wear it, but then I'm like, no, I'm not because I believe in the rainbow of Jesus and of God. And if somebody's going to ask me, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. You know, I'm going to say, well, I, I'm going back to the original rainbow. This is the real thing. So, I mean, that's a whole subject, but it's one that needs to be talked about, I think, really, because kids love rainbows. And I think the enemy knows that if he can connect that with a different lifestyle, that, oh, it's like, it's like easy bait. It's like bait for them to believe in something because it's a beautiful rainbow. And who doesn't love a rainbow? you know, but it's pointing to God. That's the whole point. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, I'm, I'm with you. My daughter, yeah. same way. She won't wear rainbows anymore. And if her shoes she loves and they're a red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, forget it. Because in today's culture, it's just, it means something else, not God's promises. Yeah, right. And, and right. I can't help but think how that breaks God's heart because yeah. the very thing that he he's using this as a sign of his promise to us. And so I, I agree with you. I think it's important that we at least start mm -hmm. the conversations with our kids. Now, I'm probably not yeah. going to convince my daughter to go wear her uh -huh. rainbow shirt. It's too small now anyway. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I have to trust the Lord that he yeah. is going to work even our cultural lies and misunderstandings for our good and his glory. Like he's going to do it. I just need to keep in conversation with my kids about this so that yeah. they are not just believing a lie, right? Amen, amen. And you know, the enemy wants to kill, steal and destroy. And he even wants to steal shoes that we like to wear. You know what I mean? It's, it sounds silly, but you know, one thing that comes to mind and I don't want to get too far into this, we, we need to move on, but it's like if you have a real Gucci pocketbook or a knockoff, 
you know, and it's almost like the world is, is, is wearing the knockoff, which is the cheap imitation, you know, like I, I'm going to wear my Gucci, my real one, you know, because I've got the real rainbow, you know, and if you want to wear that, you know, it's a knockoff, it's not the real thing. So that's what the enemy does. It's going back to the love of God and all the conversations about that. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for adding depth to the story of Noah's Ark. Mm, um, yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to share this with our listeners and just the fresh revelations provided by the Hebrew calendar. I know our listeners will be encouraged. But before we do close our time together, quick, would you tell us, how can we continue to learn more about the Lord's calendar in real time? Oh, sure. Yeah, well, um, of course, you can jump on my um, YouTube channel if you want. I have a Facebook page too and website, christineballas.com. And, um, you know, I have a chalkboard teaching for every month and you can sign up to my emails and I send out encouragements. And yeah, I mean, you can go as far and as wide and as deep as you want to go into this. But again, the whole point of having God's calendar and exploring it is just another piece of his creation that points to his great love for us. So Christine, our listeners are moms and dads, grandparents, teachers, neighbors, and friends. Do you have any final word of encouragement for them today as it relates to understanding God's appointed times? Mm. Well, you know, I think that as parents and grandparents and really teachers of the next generation, we can only teach what we know, you know? And so whether you're going to dive into the Hebrew calendar, you know, and study that, or it all comes out of your relationship with God. So, you know, I, I would just say, you know, just to spend time with the Lord. And if he's prompting your heart to kind of explore the calendar and you're finding it fun and exciting, then pass that along. If he's showing you something else, pass that along too. But um, it all comes out of relationship and we can only give what we've received, right? But I hope this time was fun and at least got you thinking you can check out Noah's Ark and the Bible and see what other revelations he's given you guys. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Would you just bless us by praying with us now? Just maybe say a a prayer of blessing of rest over our listeners. Yes. 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 (laughs) Thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you love us so much that you want us to start from a place of rest. Even as the ark rested on the day that Jesus rose, that is our starting place. We start from a place of rest, resting in the finished work of Jesus, resting in your great love for us, where faith develops when we know that we're loved. As we move into this month of new beginnings, Lord, help us to walk through that open door of the ark of Jesus and not hesitate, but to trust you and to enter in and to rest and to be at peace. Even when the world may be swirling around us, we can be established in that rest, even in the midst of noise and chaos because of your great love for us, Lord. So thank you, God. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning, that you love us more than we know. So continue to show us how much we're loved, Lord, and we rest, we will rest in you even as we begin this new month of new beginnings. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I just love the theme spoken over this month of new beginnings that Christine shared with us, that we are called to enter into the ark of Jesus which provides a covering from the flood of noise, distraction, and chaos that surrounds us in this world. Through a relationship with Jesus, we get to enter into His rest, safety, and quiet. Praise God. Are you surprised to learn that you can look at the calendar and say to your kids, this is the day Noah's family entered the ark, and this is the day the rain stopped? 
Isn't it just fascinating to know the day the ark rested is the very day years later that Jesus died on the cross? We would love to hear your thoughts on this. Head on over to Facebook or Instagram at Bible2School to engage with episode number 113. Don't forget to check out Christine's chalkboard teaching on this month of Heshvan to learn even more amazing facts about God's calendar in real time and how it all points to Jesus. You'll find the links you need for this in today's show notes at our website, Bible2School.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. Do you want to learn more about getting biblical truth into your public school? Well, friends, there has never been a better time to inquire. Our updated website has a zip code search under the Find a Program tab, so you can locate the nearest program to you. If there are none nearby, just click on the Start a Program tab, where you'll find how easy it is to get one started. Finally, if this episode has impacted or helped you, go ahead and share with a friend. And hopefully you'll both stop in here next week to hear from actress, author, and vocalist, Alina Pitts, about using our talents for God's glory. Happy Heshvan and Jesus. And remember, you can tell the children about God's Hebrew calendar and how it points to Jesus's great love for them.